Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 3 of Crick Picks in which myself Behram Kazi who you can find on Twitter at @defmango Estelle Vasudevan who, who you can find at estelle_vasudevan but the van is a one and Jared Kimber who you can find everywhere at a Jared Kimber we basically in this show pick our top 5 for any given cricket category and the category for today is cricket commentators all time and uh, as always we'll do a snake draft so the whoever gets the first pick will then get the 6th and 7th if you ever played fantasy of any sport then you know what we're talking about and if you don't you'll find out what we're talking about and for the first time on crick picks i get the first pick and i'm really really excited about that and uh, you know best commentator of all time i know a bunch of you guys are thinking richie beno and sure richie is right up there he's someone who revolutionized cricket commentary but he's not my pick and i know that might be groundbreaking or earth shattering for some of you my first pick is nasir hussain So Whoa, I've been watching, what? Yeah, I've been watching Sky since Hussain I was a kid. himself as first. <laughs> I would because look, I have tuned into the English summer every year since I was like what, 8 or 9. And Nasser is someone who for me personally as a Pakistan supporter, he's given us some special moments. He said one minute down, next minute up in the Champions Trophy final. Nasser said they cannot play him when Shaheen had India on the ropes in the T20 World Cup. and i just love the way he kind of goes about it the way he speaks it's very soothing to me i feel the same way about most of the sky team but nasir is just my all time favorite so yeah there's there's your number one pick and now you guys can like i actually like him about. i don't think i would have well, picked I mean, him in I, top 5 but he's not in my top 5 but yeah i like the pick but i don't know if he's number one mm. He's he's mm. on my list, right? So I I don't want to I don't want to say that you pick someone completely rogue. He's on my list. <laughs> But I of all the people who could have gone at number 1, I I just thought that he was um he he's just such a a, a random person. <laughs> it's just it's incredible. I mean, wow. Um you've you've surprised me in these uh crick cr- 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 so far with with your randomness because I I had a stell down as the um token random person, but you've um it's, you've really stepped it, it up. It's subjective when it comes to commentators. Okay, there's no way to measure which one's best. <laughs> I think uh, this is. I found this one harder than anything else. So, what, what have we done so far? We did the World Cup and we did kits. Uh, mm. Kits was hard because there's so many kits, right? Mm. And you know, and you're like, oh, I'm going to miss something really iconic or really cool looking and whatever. World Cups was kind of easy, um, you know, um, in that way. Commentators, I, I was like, I don't even know how to do it. And I've worked with a lot of these people, so it's like it's really complicated. And then mm-hmm. I think we we overrank mm. the old comic commentators, and like like it'd be interesting to see where some of the old great commentators end up mm-hmm. because um, and and then you've got the cultural thing, right? Of you're going to listen to more co- yeah. commentary of one particular person mm-hmm. and not as much of someone else, and everything. It's it's a fascinating um, thing, and I I di- I I really struggle with how to um, how to work it out. But um, um, I mean, what a choice, NASA Hussein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's got number two this time? Is it Estelle okay. or you? So, It's Estelle. Uh, I All know right. I'm going to get shit for this. Okay, I'm going with an Ian. If no, you I'm pick Russell in- Arnold, <laughs> if you pick Russell Arnold, I will literally come to Colombo <laughs> and take a shit over there. <laughs> you can do that. I don't live in Colombo, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm going with I'm going with Ian Chappell for whatever. Whatever reason. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> This is crazy. We're gonna get cancelled from the internet. I, I know when you say all-time greatest commentators, it's probably doesn't. He's probably doesn't. His name probably doesn't come up. Um, but I found his commentary really um, 
informative and interesting to listen to. I also like that he's kind of like the grumpy uncle sometimes and he doesn't give a crap about, mm-hmm. you know, what consequences he's going to face. Uh, so Ian Chappell is my number one. <laughs> I mean, well, just, I, I, he's on my list again. Um, I the, the problem with Chappelle, uh, uh, with Chappelle, I think, and it's it's not completely his fault, is that he just did it for so long that if you go back to some of his early commentary, you were, well, maybe not his early commentary, but the, the, the middle period where he was he was well trained and had a good producer and was on top of his game and everything, he probably deserves to be a top five commentator of all time. But we then had that long period where he went on and he just kept telling the same stories over and over again, right? And, you know, make the same points over and over again. And, he, you know, he's someone who believes very vehemently in his way. And I think if that was a 15-year career, we all would have been like, yeah, he probably is a top. I mean, I think he was outstanding at his best, right? He said exactly what he felt, right? There was no sugar coating. He said it in a really clear way. He explains cricket almost as well as anyone ever has. Um, but because it's such a long career, we got, oh, we're going to hear he, He's got two lezzers that he talks about. And if you follow Australian cricket, you know, so you know which wh- what story he's going to tell by the way he pronounces <laughs> the les, right? Like, it's just, it's like, because he, he's told those stories so many times. Um, and so I think that probably brings back um, his overall. But I do think if you're looking at, like, commentators at their peak, I think Chappelle is really, really high. Um, but also, a lot of people, he's not, He's, and you, you say that you like the grumpy uncle version of him. Mm. I think that probably is something mm. that a lot of people don't like, right? Like that he sometimes does feel like he is a little bit like everyone out on the yeah, field I think of shit. It also, like you mentioned, comes mess. down to the fact that you probably hear him a lot more than I do. Uh, yeah, so he doesn't a commentate lot. a lot on Sri Lankan <laughs> cricket. So I probably hear him a lot less. So that's possibly why... Um, yeah, I mean, the stories and stuff, I'd probably hear it once. You guys probably have heard it about 15 times. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to grumpy commentators, I think Ian Chappell definitely uh, ousts uh, Jeffrey Boycott for me. I like Chappelle more than Boycott. I'll <laughs> say that. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think Chappelle was a better commentator than Boycott at his best. Uh, Boycott was a very, I mean, I, and let's see if he makes anyone's list, but... I think Boycott was a very, very good broadcaster um, at times in that he he understood that a turn of phrase could affect people and, you know, and, and uh, you know, he, he said things in a very um, good way. And occasionally he was a brilliant explainer of cricket as well. Um, Sonny Gavaskar is another one. Uh, you know, all three of them at their absolute best are uh, great, but I just think that Ian Chappell is at a different level to them over a long period of time. And probably because Ian Chappell thinks of himself as a journalist as well. Um, a little bit more. I know all three of those guys kind of think of themselves in that way, but I do think there is a difference. But I'm still <laughs> coming to grips with the fact that we've started a list with Nasser Hussein and Ian Chappell, and uh, maybe I should have gone first. Um, <laughs> well, you get two picks now. I Lucky do get you. two picks. So I think the third pick for me is fairly easy, which is Tony Cozier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Who is your re- first pick? He's your first pick. W- what did I say? He's your first pick, but overall third pick, right? But he's yeah, your number so, one commentator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I think his ability to be brilliant on radio and TV, again, a little bit like Ian Chappell, probably worked an extra five to seven years longer than he needed to. And, and um, you know, because of that, maybe the, maybe the younger generation will be like, what? But at his absolute best, his information 
his uh, ability to communicate the way he i think he i think he's i think the reason i think he's the best commentator is he's a he's a journalist he's a writer he's a broadcaster um and he understood cricket very deeply and it's very few people have had the ability at his level to have all four of those i tend to rate the radio people a little bit higher than the tv people we'll probably uh, probably for this list i'll probably have more um tv people just because those those are the bigger names in general but i think cozier was one of the people that there's no letdown from him from uh from radio to tv he was absolutely brilliant in both um the voice of Caribbean cricket really mm-hmm. uh, for so many of us for such a long time. Um, yep. and, and I think we, I think every West Indians get a bit of a boost sometimes because of their voices, because their voices just work so well in broadcasting, you know, like you know, I, I've got Samuel Badger really high on my list. He probably won't make my top five. Uh, Faz uh, Muhammad, um, uh, you know, Ian Bishop, Michael Holding. There's a lot of really good voices that comes out. But Tony Cozier wasn't just a great voice. He he had so many different things going. So I've got him as my number one pick, the third pick in the draft, and the first Rest real one. Rest in peace, Tony Cozier. Yep. Uh, now four. <laughs> four. Okay. Again, I'm. I want to be really clear here that I am picking the commentator, mm-hmm. not the host. Or the broadcaster okay. or the coach. Okay. But I think <laughs> Ravi Shastri <laughs> is my fourth. Now, tracer bullets aside, do you know I yeah. interviewed him about the tracer bullets? And I was like, but Tony, ah. I don't understand. Tracer bullets go slower because you can actually see it. A normal bullet <laughs> is faster than a tracer bullet. And he's like, tra-, but he's like, Jared, but tracer bullet sounds better. He's like, that's fair. And, and there's an element of Ravi Shastri that I really like, again, of, he, he obviously, there's a bit of centrist dad about him at times and there's a little bit of loud mm-hmm. buffoon, but he has a brilliant voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he really thinks about cricket, right? He really, the fact that after a really cushy career, he went off to coach tells you how much he loves the game. It, it, he could have just stayed in the commentary box mm-hmm. forever, right? Um, he's a passionate guy. As a host, sometimes it goes a little bit over the top and obviously maybe holds his India bias a little bit stronger than some other commentators that I really like do. But I just think he was entertaining commentator who has told me things about cricket, does it in a really uh, beautiful way at times. Um, maybe more of a TV commentator than someone who would also be brilliant on radio, although I've heard him on radio. He could certainly slot him really well there as well. Um, but I like Ravi Shastri, and I realise that that's a rogue choice after making fun of Nasser Hussain and Ian Chapel. But I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure that there's someone else I prefer more. Yeah, I think it's a strong choice because Ravi Shastri is cricket's ultimate hype man. So he was definitely on my list. Not yeah, high, he was, but he was. I there. think in my like just on the margins of top five, I find him really entertaining as well. And the thing is, it's not a kind of empty entertainment where he's just. Now you you get a lot of commentators who are just loud, right? Uh, but he's kind of bring that content yeah, in. Yeah. I, for me also, uh, I remember him saying, throwing the kitchen sink at it. I think that was the first time I ever heard that phrase uh, mm-hmm. said by anyone. So kind of iconic. He's 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 got those iconic lines, doesn't he? Uh, that he says, am I next? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes, I'm going to go. Are. I think everyone who's watching this is probably going to pick this guy, Ian Bishop, um, as my number two. Um, purely, I think you hear so many good things about him 
and it's so obvious that he does follow a lot of cricket when he speaks um like jared mentioned west indian um uh, commentators seem to have this kind of the voice for it um so he is definitely the top of my list when it comes to west indians in the commentary box just like the work ethic what he brings to the game he, that there's never there never seems to mm. be a time where he's not um he's not done his research on certain players and he does it's not just the major teams mm-hmm. i mean uh, coming from sri lanka you you do get the feeling that a lot of commentators who speak on sri lanka don't really watch them very often i don't know whether he watches them but he certainly mm. knows a lot of the ins and outs of what's going on so he's he's he does that work behind the scenes mm. and of course he's he's really pleasing to listen to right um he's not biased mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think get a lot of that now mm-hmm. in international cricket and that's kind of what a broadcaster wants in some sense as well um so yeah he's my number 10 I, uh, sorry number 2 so i've got two ians at number 1 hmm. yeah should i double e yes, you do should i pick you never double e you never double e yeah maybe you will i uh, think bish was right up there for me as well i have some guys higher than him but like you mentioned the research part and the work ethic part really stands out not to mention he's a great caller of the game he'll pick those big moments you know like that uh, carlos brathwaite moment remember the name and mm. uh, ian bishop just seems like i haven't met him but he seems like a wonderful bloke to be around right yeah so i've worked yeah, with I, him I, a little bit and i think that's one reason i kind of had him a little bit lower you know I, it's not like we're fr- you know best friends or anything but um you know i i didn't want to put him up but i think He's someone who when he came in I think he was picked largely because he was you know a former player who mm. most people knew the name of and had a great voice and he's someone who has mm. completely transcended that to become a good mm. commentator and does the work as Estelle says so I think you know maybe 5's too high for him um you know when we look back but this is such a random <laughs> list that everyone is in a weird position so it may may not matter um but I I mean I'm a huge fan of Ian Bishop so I've got no problem with him there yeah likewise And I'm really happy that uh, I get two picks in a row now and both of the guys that I wanted to pick are still up for grabs. Now I mentioned my love for the Sky team prior so I'm going to be biased again because uh, I as a kid kind of you know grew up idolizing them. That's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be part of the Sky team and I still continue to have the same sentiments today. So my next pick is a fellow countryman or well not countryman probably because West Indies are all mm. islands but Michael Holding mm. is my next pick. and uh, he's just someone who feels so strongly about the game some of the most important conversations we've ever had about cricket have come from michael holding the way he talks with so much time and the way he has these subtle moments in which he actually insults the other team or whoever he's insulting i really like that about holding because it doesn't come across as crass it comes across as very measured and he just feels so deeply about cricket right when uh, the spot fixing scandal happened he wept for amir mm-hmm. you know i remember that and and i felt things that day and he has a lot of uh, interesting stuff to say with respect to how the game is run even when he was retiring he was like he's just not a fan of the people who run the sport anymore and uh, he also went out with the bang with that uh, elaborate interview on racism with uh, ebony right so there's so much to like about mikey he's always going to be one of my favorite ever voices in cricket and again some of those catchphrases not catchphrases but the way he says it it's mm. just the accent and everything it touches the soul or it has touched my soul over the years so he's my second pick yeah i think my, he'll be quite high for a lot of people i think the, the interesting thing with him is that i almost feel he was underused because he finished his cricket in the mid 80s right and 
really doesn't become a force for commentary until what 2010 ish mm-hmm. and and you look back and you're like how did that happen like and i i know he's not the most driven person like as in um you know he's he's quite a quiet guy and loves his horse racing and you know gets up at 5 a.m to go down and watch the horses and everything i'll tell you a story about mike holding which is why i would have him very high up on any list when we did death of a gentleman so he was in the film and obviously has quite a prominent quote mm-hmm. early in the film and we asked him to be at the opening or i think it was not the first opening but maybe the second major opening of the film there's 600 people there there's a lot of press you know it's quite a big event and i said to him you know if you get a question that you don't want to answer um just you know ask my opinion on it or you know ask sam's opinion on it and we'll do it like we don't want you to get in trouble because you're doing us a favor mm. and he went jared i can answer any question mm. and I promise you that having worked in this industry a long time, that's not how most people are. And I think yeah. that's what we saw with Mike Holding all the way through. Uh, you know, uh, he, as you said, it was the fact he did care about things. And as someone who's worked in commentary, there's a lot of very good commentators who don't really care about everything all that much. And, you know, if, I don't know where Simon Duell will come, but, you know, Simon Duell occasionally gets himself in trouble. But it's quite often when he cares about something and he sort of gets quite angry about it. And I think that's the way to be. That's the better w- way of doing it, um, of like feeling it. I think Mike Holding has quite a few of those moments if you go through. Mm. And occasionally he was spectacularly wrong, right? Like no one on this list so far, like everyone, you know, there are some people who are going to be upset at Nasser Hussein for calling them Indian fielders donkeys, right? And mm. Ian Chappell for the many, many things that he said, right? And Tony Koji has, mm. you know, uh, slip ups towards the end of his career and you know, all those sorts of things. But I think if it comes from a position of that these guys actually believed it, and I think mm. most of the guys we have on this list so far, they're literally saying things that they believe, and there's a big difference in how they connect with us than other commentators. Yeah, and uh, the connection was very, very strong when it came to Mike Holding. Plus, part of the Sky team grew up listening to him, and uh, he'll always hold a special place in my heart. All right, my third pick is also part of the Sky team, and uh, this is someone who I actually spent some time with last year when England toured Pakistan. It was one of those fanboy moments for me initially but then I had the opportunity to really tap into this person because uh, I'm talking about Mike Atherton of course Athers and I've recorded an interview with Athers for grassroots cricket and uh, in the Multan test in particular I would always sit with the English journals because I would be like I might as well you know learn something over here sitting on the Pakistani side wasn't really my jam so I used to sit with you know Vithusha Nehanta Raja and Daniel Rasool from Crickinfo and a bunch of these guys Ali Martin and Athers would come in between commentary stints and just sit behind us. And whenever there was a moment in the game, he would just talk to us like anyone talks to anybody. With Nasser, I also had some conversations with him, but I was always worried that, okay, he's laser focused. He's here to do a job. I don't want to bother him too much. I'll have one conversation and that's that. With Athers, he just had a lot of time for me. So it's kind of personal, this pick. But also, I could listen to him talk about cricket all day. Again, that soothing voice uh, comes from a very unbiased point of view. And I think that's really important for me when it comes to picking top commentators because you have to be, mm. you know, impartial. That's part of the job. You cannot be biased. And I think Athos does a fantastic job uh, doing exactly that. And again, someone who feels really strongly about cricket and has been there through some important moments, uh, took that Amir interview back in the day, right? That became really famous. And uh, he's a student of the game. He has a delightful way of talking. And uh, just a lovely guy, very warm guy who has lots of time for you. So Athos is number three for me. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's a brilliant speaker on the game. I think a lot of people don't like him because he's, he sounds a little bit um, negative at times and a, a little bit dry. 
but I think he, you know, he's not that kind of person, but it does sometimes come across that way. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, I think he's fantastic. I, I'm not sure who I, no, actually, no, I probably think that Nasser is a better commentator than him, but yeah. I think the combination of Nasser Hussein and Mike Atherton is yeah. probably the best thing that Sky ever did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, slightly different people, slightly similar cricketers in some ways in that, you know, yeah. they both had to fight for careers and got hit in the body a lot and, you know, mm-hmm. um, Captain, Captain Terrible England. sides. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cap- well, Captain England, <laughs> Terrible sides, as that era would have would have been. Uh, look, I think Athens is great, but I do think a lot of people don't kind mm-hmm. of like the tone of voice as much. The... Um, you know that side of what he does, um, but I don't think at all that that, that I think that's yeah. a personal preference. Like if you if Athens was like had a you know a Welsh accent like Alan Wilkins, right, or mm-hmm. um, you know it, or sounded like Pommy and Bangwa, like they, they might be he might be the most famous commentator in the world. So I do think <laughs> the voice holds him back a little bit. But actual analysis of talking about the game, I think he's mm-hmm. he's fantastic. Yeah, I think I would have picked him at yeah. number three all right, if you did. So. Um, mm. <laughs> Ha-ha. I actually prefer him to Nasser Hussein. I think, like Jared said, like his content is really ah. great. Um, again, that neutrality is really great. I think because you can see that mm. there's been there's been work done behind the scenes. Anyway, my number three is Simon Dool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like how mm. Um, mm. brave he is. I mean, in, in this kind of environment where cricket is now, you have to be brave, right? If you if you want to speak your mind. And I also feel like... I've nicknamed him. <laughs> sorry, I'm interjecting over here, but I've nicknamed him Simon, you must not stack <laughs> oh, bad <yeah>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he he. I think he's, he's, he'll, he's quite unpopular now because of his comments about stat padding and stuff, right? But I feel like he does speak his mind and that's really important. Um, also, he's another one who's aware of the other teams and what's going on with other teams and really seems to do his homework. Um, so yeah, my number three, Simon Dooley. All right. I like Dooley. I like that pick. I, I think he was someone who wasn't particularly good for a long time. And mm-hmm. you see that a lot with former players who become commentators. And then he's gone out of his way to become good. And he commentates so much too. Like, I mean, part of it is 10,000 hour I know 10,000 hours nonsense, but, you know, like if you do something a lot, you're going to get slightly better at it. And I think he's done that. And I think him and Ian Bishop really have improved a lot to the point of which I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that they aren't the two most interesting commentators in in the world at the moment in the way that they follow cricket. Maybe more T20 than than, Mm. uh, test matches just because of what they cover, but absolutely fantastic. Uh, Am I trying to buy time before my dual picks? I can, I can buy you some time. Uh, Simon Dool is really an interesting person in person as well. Like when you meet him, he's a really funny guy. And uh, he's also very warm. You don't feel like you're talking to someone of that stature. So yeah, for those reasons, I think Dooley definitely has to make this top 15. Not enough time bought for you, Jared? <laughs> I mean, it was. But uh, I am going to go, and this is awkward because I know him quite mm. well, but I'm going to go mm. Hasha Bogle. Mm. Because I think that in an era of which, in an era of which, where actual commentators and journalists have been sidelined from TV commentary, certainly major mm-hmm. TV commentary. I know, you know, uh, Mark Howard has come through of recent times, and obviously Bayram, you, you know, uh, you you hope to go through, and I do little bits, and Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon. But realistically, major commentary is pretty mm-hmm. much still the domain of former players. Harsha Bhopal has 
you know, shone a light and has for, for many times just em- embarrasses the commentators, the other commentators, right? Just with his, mm. and I don't mean intentionally, but I just mean he's so much more researched and so much more mm-hmm. nuanced and so much a better commentator and broadcaster than these other people are. Um, Look, he, he obviously has issues, and he had that issue where I think he probably wasn't. Uh, and and I think he's had issues because he's afraid to speak up occasionally. Um, mm. Because when he has, he's so. Fam- I don't think people know he's just so famous. Like of all the people I know, like I feel like him and Raul Dravid are the two people I've worked with a lot. Where I just like I don't even want to send them a message because they must just get like a thousand messages a day. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it they're just so famous. Those guys and. And I think with, with Harsha, you know, um, he's a brilliant radio commentator as well. He is a journalist. He does the research. He's incredibly thorough. Um, I, I've broadcasted with him and he broadcasts on such a different level. His ability to maintain a conversation and make it entertaining and interesting um, at all times. And and also his ability to, to work cross-culturally mm. with different mm. people, right? Yeah. Um, I just think he's just so high up um, there. Uh, so and I mean, have- just to add over there, like you mentioned how, you know, a lot of us have aspirations of becoming commentators someday. Harsha would have been my next pick as well because he's someone I've looked up to because he's not played professional cricket that way. And I haven't either. So if he can make it, that gives us hope that maybe we can make it too. Yeah, um, it, it's. I think it's just a fascinating story. But the, the fact that he's the sort of the lone, well, not the lone, but certainly the major voice of non-cricket players um, on commentary, I think really does matter. And yeah. Uh, the fact that I think he's even better on radio and most people don't even know of him as a radio commentator mm-hmm. is huge. Now, th- I think my next pick is going to annoy people that he isn't much higher, but I think some of his commentary is slightly overrated mm. and that the impact that he has on the game is absolutely huge and he was the voice of cricket and so yep. I think Richie Benno has to be next. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are going to be annoyed that he's 10th on this list. Yeah. I mean, I started this podcast saying that, hey, you guys are probably thinking I'm going to say Richie Benno. And no one took his name till Jared just right now. But I think if you go back and you listen to all of his commentary, it maybe isn't as quite as great as people go, uh, remember it for. Um, now, having said that, he was a he was a different kind of commentator. Even in that era, um, we'd never had another commentator before or after of that kind of skill level. But I think that maybe he gets more credit than he deserves for just sounding very knowledgeable at times. Having said that, he still was the voice of cricket, and I don't think there's a way of he was a voice of cricket in the two main markets at that time, which was Australia and England. He was also incredibly famous in the rest of the cricket world as well. Um, I don't know if you, do you guys know about the 12th man tapes? Nope. So Richie Benno is so famous that he is a comedy character in these radio plays. Um, and it's all about the channel nine commentary team. And Richie Benno is the main, um, the, the main character of that. And, you know, for generations of kids, like, well, sorry, a whole generation of kids just absolutely obsessed over that kind of Richie Benno, um, Thing. And that shows you how famous he was. You go back and you look at the old clips and he's commentating so many games from around the world. I do think his commentary, I do think and his actual commentary was slightly um, inflated. And I don't think it was quite as strong as people remember it to be. But the knowledge, his ability to explain the game when he was at his absolute best and the, the way that he used silence 
Um, mm. Actually, probably now we would love to have more of uh, occasionally mm. on commentary. But I don't know. Uh, it, I think it is going to shock a lot of people that he's so low. And it, obviously, mm. this is a very subjective list for, for all of us, right? Not yep. like the Cricket Shirts, which was completely <laughs> objective. Um, uh, and, and I... And I I think obviously a lot of other people would just have Richie Benno number one automatically. And I like the yeah. fact that we didn't, but I still think he deserves to be in, you know, quite high up on that list. Mm-hmm. All right. Who's um, next? It is okay. Estelle. All yeah. right, Estelle. So now it's a bit tough to pick, I think. Uh, my number four, okay, this might be a bit left field. And again, it might be like recency bias, but I think Ricky Ponting is incredible in the commentary box. Punter? <laughs> Punter made it to this list? I think Ricky Ponting's a great commentator. I love Watto from the new crop of Aussie commentators. Well, if it was modern ones, I would go Watto at the moment. But Mm. I think Ponting has been really good for a decade now. And what I I really like about him is that, you know, Ricky Ponting can walk into a commentary box and, like, no one question his place there, right? And no one's going to, you know criticize what he says or everything he says is going to be taken as gold. But he does really produce some incredible bits of analysis, I feel. I mean, forget about, you know, people pick on the stuff he predicts. Uh, but just apart from that, just the way he is able to, what's important is not only does he read the game well, and obviously he reads it well, he's so successful, right? But he's able to communicate that to the viewer really well. So that you can understand what he's trying to say. Um, so if I, I mean, if we, if I look at the 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 recent commentators, he's probably really high up on that list, and obviously number four on mine. Um, I hope he spends a lot more time in the commentary box. I mean, I'm sure that there are lots of offers for coaching and stuff. There are probably I mean, some fr- the franchise fans <laughs> who also want him yeah. to spend more time in the commentary box. <laughs> <laughs> Delhi Capitals, right? That's who he coaches. Uh, he was, yeah. I mean, I, I. Yes, I think he still is, isn't he? But yeah, the point being that maybe some teams he coaches don't go as well as as he would want. So I, no, I think he's a fantastic commentator. Um, uh, it might be a bit early in his career to put him on here for the amount yeah. of commentary he's done compared to some of the others, but I don't think his content um, would suggest that he shouldn't be on here. Fair enough. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't love his commentary, but of course, if Ricky Ponting is saying something, you're listening because he's Ricky Ponting. So there's that element to it. Mm-hmm. So I get two in a row now? You get two in a row now. Okay, my fourth pick is going to be controversial. It's going to upset some people. And I'm not trying to defend the person. If he said some bad stuff, then so be it, right? Uh, This is not a defense of that sort of stuff. But growing up, uh, Mm -hmm. David Bumble Lloyd was one of the voices that I absolutely loved to listen to. And it's just, again, it's all in the accent, like scoring some runes. That's rubbish. You know, stuff like that. Uh, It stays with you. And he was, he called the moment Pakistan won the T20 World Cup in 2009. So again, that's a special memory for him, uh, for me, not for him. I, mean, I hope it is for him as well. But uh, what did he say? Shy the free, the big man, big player. It's a leg by. Who cares? So that's a great, great moment over there. And Pakistan, you know, the, the terrorist attacks happened uh, in Lahore uh, in 2009, early 2009. So that was quite a volatile moment in Pakistan cricket history. And we didn't really know what will happen. And then they go on and win the T20 World Cup in classic Pakistan fashion. So him being at the helm on commentary then and then also for countless English summers, right? And I've actually spoken to Bumble on Twitter, weirdly enough. Uh, he was nice to me. He might have said some wrong things. Again, not trying to defend him, but well, as I far mean, as a commentator is concerned. Yeah, just on I'm, that, I think there's a few people on this mm-hmm. list that have said problematic things in their careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's unfortunately cricket. And mm-hmm. um, 
you know, there are some people that I think I don't have on this list because I have trouble with their problematic things. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing with Bumble is, I don't know if you know, but Bumble does voiceovers over here and ads and stuff. Like his voice oh, really? is like, it is an iconic voice. And mm-hmm. so my mum absolutely loves Bumble and she couldn't tell you one cricket commentator from another, right? Mm. And she absolutely, when I'm on with Bumble, it makes her day. And, and you know, she she doesn't learn the names of anyone else. She, she might like some of the other commentators, but she doesn't know who any of them are. Bumble really matters to her and she's not like a cricket fan, right? Like, but mm. when, when, when he's on the TV, she will listen. And when, it, you know, the few times he's been on the radio with me, she's been incredibly excited. <laughs> and he has that appeal to non-cricket fans in a way that perhaps only boycott, um, uh, you know, ever has before. You know, maybe maybe peak mm. Mark Nicholas as well. Um, but, you know, generally those, it, there isn't really a crossover, but Bumble certainly has that. And, and you were, like, there's, there are problematic people on this list if you go through their history. No, no, yeah. I'm not going to lie to anyone here. And, and Bumble ha- has obviously had his issues. I've worked with him quite a few times. I found him a delight to work with, you know, mm. m- m- almost every time. Um, he's kind of, uh, I'll give you a, a thing. So I've, I'm trying to think of who I've commentated with on this list, but I've commentated with NASA, uh, Bishop, um, Atherton, Simon Dool, Harsha Bogle, uh, and Bumble. Bumble's really interesting because when you commentate with him, he's almost in his own bubble. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the other guys are commentating with you. And Bumble doesn't. It's really like a performance art with him. And he will only start interacting with you when you add to his performance, right? But I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that as in he's taking away from you. It's just the way he's he has to get himself into the moment. It's really interesting. Yeah, and I hope that people listen to the word Bumble and think of David Lloyd and not the dating app. So he has to be a pick on this show. All right, last pick for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I am to be objective, I'd probably go for Mark Nicholas, but I'm not being objective over here, right? Uh, some other honorable mentions over here uh, were Danny Morrison, another hype man like uh, Ravi Shastri. But You've got Danny Morrison a- on your list because I would have thought that that would have been a very controversial pick if you picked Danny Morrison. Yeah. Sure, but uh, Danny has been T20 cricket, right? And ever since I mean, T20 cricket evolved. Yeah, so you have to give him that. But he's, again, not my last pick. Neither is Mark Nicholas. And I also had another controversial one that mm. I didn't bring up was Dean Jones. Now, <laughs> minus that incident, I love the whole going, going, gone thing. And uh, I just like the way Dino talked as well. But yeah, sure, I'll I'll uh, break the internet and go for Ramiz Raja. And uh, what? my rationale... My rationale, sure, lots of cliches, tons of cliches, like endless cliches. But as a Pakistan cricket fan growing up... An avalanche of cliches. Yeah. A tsunami of cliches. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what is he saying? (laughs) Through the kitchen sink at those cliches. Jared Jared has this unique ability to talk about cliches. Um, (laughs) So stuff like that, of course, like I'm not saying that Rambo was high on quality. But when it comes to, you know, voices of Pakistan cricket, we don't particularly have any. You know, it's Rambo and then you've got some new age ones. I think Aruj is really good. Bazid is all right. But Rambo was the voice of Pakistan cricket for me growing up. And Mm. I've also had some conversations with him. Very, very nice guy to me, at least. Sure, he also has some problematic stuff. I'm not going to go there. We all know. But uh, I just don't think that anyone from Pakistan, other than Rambo, has been as eloquent at the job as Ramiz has. And if you actually go to the 90s and listen to Rambo and Shastri, they're very different commentators. If you look, listen to 90s Rambo, he has a lot more time and he's not making so many jokes, which was probably better. And he had that whole commentator's curse thing. Rambo comes on, Pakistan loses wickets. 
but yeah just for like representation and from that sort of point of view that i was growing up and he was the only pakistani commentator i wanted to listen to for the longest time everyone else was well not up to standard in my opinion so yeah uh, he made it ahead of mark nicholas for me which is shocking yeah i mean i don't think he's a bad commentator i don't think many people in the world are going to have him on their mm-hmm. on their top 5 ballot uh, or their in their top 15 ballot uh, from that point of view but i do think he is he does have a sense of He's one of those iconic commentators. We're talking about someone who's now been doing it for 30 years um, and commentated all around the world, has a certain style to him, obviously, loves loves mm-hmm. it, um, loves playing up to that a little bit as well. You know, has a commentary, you know, well, has a nickname in Rambo and all these different things about him. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting pick. I, I was not <laughs> expecting you to pick Rami's Raja. I was also thinking about Gower because Gower is similar in that way. It's just the way he delivers, you know, that's what's great about him. But yeah, unfortunate for Mark Nicholas, David Gower, and who else? Danny Morrison, Dean Jones, all of these guys that I had in my list. But Rambo has. You know, I just say, the, if there are probably people out there, and, and like any list Ooh. that we come up with, people are going to say they're the top five people they hate. But mm-hmm. the, the last five you mentioned, I think a lot of people <laughs> would actually have as a legitimate list of the commentators they hate the most. And I'm not not saying that that's fair or anything, right? But I am saying that that's a it's a rogue list that you ended up with at the end. Um, yeah. There. When you picked out Dean Jones, I was like, what, I what is happening? No, but even when you mentioned him, I was just like, what is happening here? Okay, um, come on, my Estelle, last bring one is, I mean, Alison Mitchell. Uh, so Come I on. don't really hear a lot of her because we don't get, um, sometimes she's on a different commentary team than the telecast we get here. But what I've heard from her, she's really, I think, one of those people who really gives you a good sense of what's going on. Also, of course, you know, she's kind of paved the way in terms of broadcasting for women as well. Um, during the most recent series against Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, England, in England. I thought she was really good in that, you know, again, Sri Lanka is one of the smaller teams in women's cricket as well. And you don't have a lot of broadcasters who know much about them. Um, but she seemed to be able to bring a lot of balance to that. Um, so, yeah, Alison Mitchell, number five. Mm, good pick. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't know if I've ever commentated with Ali. Maybe I have. I can't remember. But obviously, I've not. She was one of the first people I met in English cricket. Actually, it was really nice to me then. And um, you know, and, uh, uh, has, she's always been one of the nicest people. She's very hardworking, and I think that's a real. You know, to go back, it's it's, it's mm. interesting. You know, some of your picks there. You've got you know, Ch- Chapel, Bishop, Duell, and Alison Mitchell. Those are four of the harder working commentators. I would say trying to get things right and everything. Um, yeah, I was thinking that. Because of where we are in cricket, there weren't going to be a lot of women that would make this list. I don't know if I like Alison Mitchell's commentary more than I like mm-hmm. Natalie yeah. Germanos's commentary. And mm-hmm. also then, and then I've got Mel Jones. And I, but also, again, this is where it gets really tricky for me because I know these people, I'm friends with these people, I've worked with these people and all these sorts of things. And I couldn't work out where to go if if I had to uh, pick one of them, none of them have ended up making my list. But um, I, look, Alison, I think you're right. She's kind of it's obviously she's mm. not the first female commentator, but she's maybe the first female commentator mm. who traveled the world, if that makes sense. Who you know was known in multiple places um, and and everything else, and also did the hard work. Like a lot of female commentators don't do you know do a little bit of radio um, and then disappear or go straight to TV. 
Whereas Alison Mitchell mm. has done both, which goes back to my thing before of having being able to commentate in both. And, and it, they're very, very different um, forms of commentary. So that tells you how And I think she's done um, multiple sports as um, well, right? Uh, like Olympic Games and stuff, yeah. She does mm. do lots of random sports. Yeah. <laughs> My, is- my pick would have been Isha Guha ahead of her, but maybe that's just my sky bias <laughs> talking again. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think mm. I really like Ebony as well. But again, I've worked, I, mm. I sort of, I've, this is, you're talking about a group now that I've come up with. So that's probably the first person on this list that I came up with. And um, it, it's harder for me to distinguish everything I know about them. Um, you know, and, and I, the next bit for me is really tricky. So I've got the last pick. There's a lot of really good commentators. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Fazir Muhammad is incredible, but also mm-hmm. don't know if he's commentated enough to make, you know, no, through no fault, fault of his own. I really like Samuel Badri and Shane Watson as modern guys, but I don't think I can slip them in. Um, then I've got uh, Dan Norcross, and um, who's purely a radio guy, really. I know he's done a little bit of TV, uh, and I came up with him as well, so I'm not going to put him on the list because um, I don't <laughs> want him to feel good about himself. Um <laughs> But I think he's a fantastic commentator, and certainly one, uh, certainly one of the best in the world at the moment. Uh, the other, there's three, there's three I'm, for, I'm sort of left with here, which is mm. Jeremy Coney's always been one of my favourite commentators. Mm. Now I know Jeremy really, really well, um, and and I understand how Jeremy works, and it's really fascinating watching that happen on, on air. Um, Neil Manthorpe is someone who I always thought was a brilliant commentator. And again, a bit like Neil Manthorpe, sort of like that level. He's obviously a long way below uh, Harsha Bogley in terms of fame. But if you look at the jobs that they have, very, very similar. The ability to go from TV to radio to hosting, you know, all those different skills. Manners has the most delightful (laughs) pause, um, I think, in, in, in broadcasting, probably since Richie. Just the ability to stop. And make you, you know, you, you have, you can, there's just like people in South Africa just like going closer to their radios for a second. And then he's like, and then he delivers his, his words. Um, and I haven't worked with him on talk sport, just at absolutely top level, but I'm going to go with someone who absolutely, there's no way that either of you would know him. I, I wouldn't think, but it's a guy called Tim Lane, hmm. who was a radio commentator who, he because he never did any overseas tours he only ever commentated for the abc in australia um on radio and i thought he's got a brilliant voice brilliant knowledge so professional uh, just nails a great understanding of cricket but because he was an aussie rules commentator he never did any ashes and never went and did world cups or anything else so he stayed completely but this is this is my purest pick because i just think on as someone who has commentated and as someone who's written about commentary and, you know, studied it over the years, I always thought that Tim Lane at his best was just note perfect, um, the ability to go up and go down. But there's so many people I could have fit in that in that fifth spot. Um, uh, you know, uh, Kerry O'Keefe is another one. Um, who, what about uh, Tony, Tony Gregg? Tony Gregg no would one, not be on, on my list. He wouldn't be on your list. Well, yeah. a lot is of people like list? Well, let, let's go. Uh, who, who do we I, I think we know Bayram's. But mm. I'm surprised that that, um, that Estelle yeah. didn't go Tony Gregg. I just feel mm. like... Um, Why did you not go Tony Obviously, Gregg? he's really loved in Sri Lanka and people still talk about him. Um, but I just feel like... The little, yeah, the little Lankans, I like as he that. called you. <laughs> it kind of bothers me, yeah. So, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think if you look at, if you look at my list, I, I'm not big on the hype guys. Uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I we're mean, missing. We're missing some Bill of the Laurie. listeners. 
some of the listeners and uh, viewers are going to make us Bobby? grovel after not picking Tony <laughs> Craig. <coughs> oh, yeah, he should be there somewhere, I guess. Yeah, so I think I think Bill Laurie is probably one of the more famous early mm. commentators who's probably not on this list. You've got some of the old English commentators as well, but none of us really grew up listening to that mm-hmm. that BBC, so um, they're not really you know as important to us. But you know, Christopher Martin Jenkins was certainly someone who I listened to a lot with BBC when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Ian Smith is not on anyone's list. Yeah, Ian Smith isn't there. Shocking. Which I, which I think is going to annoy a few people. Um, as you mentioned before, you didn't. You had Mark Nicholas close. Um, yes, you know, I think I Mark Nicholas at his best was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, for a long period of time, and he's probably unlike it. I love Mike. He Hazeman. should be. Yeah, he should be on my list objectively. Rambo <laughs> has no business being there. Is Mark Nicholas's spot? But I just, I just did everyone dirty over there. Uh, I, I think, I think Mike Hazeman has always been a really, mm-hmm. really good commentator. Yep, um, I like him as, as well. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to think of. If there's any, you know, there's people like Jim Maxwell as well and, and mm-hmm. Jonathan Agnew and Brian Wardle who are like radio guys that really haven't done a lot of TV, but they're all brilliant broadcasters in, 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 in different ways. Um, so I'm, now, you can see what I'm doing now. I'm trying to name as many commentators so we don't get fired because we're going to get roasted for this. Absolutely roasted. Let me go through our list because our list is absolutely. Maybe terrible. I cannot <laughs> believe how bad this list is. Right. Um, and that's Hussein at number one. Ian Chappell, Tony Cozier, Ravi Shastri, Ian Bishop, Mike Holding, uh, Mike Atherton, Simon Duell, Harsha Bogle, Richie Benno, Ricky Ponting, Bumble, Ramiz Raja, Alison Mitchell, and Tim Lane. Right. Um, <laughs> if anyone agrees with this list, then <laughs> on. okay. Uh, Estelle's list. Remember, you can in the, in the comments below, or you can get hold of us on social media to tell us why Estelle's wrong again. Um, You've got uh, actually Bayram might be the one this time. In fact, I'm going through this. In fact, Estelle's just <laughs> um, Estelle has got Ian Chapel, Ian Bishop, Simon Dool, Ricky Ponting, Alison Mitchell. I have got Tony Cozier, Ravi Shastri, Harsha Bogle, Richie Benno, Tim Lane. I'm probably going to win this, guys. Again, by the way, I think just I think if I didn't put Richie Benno in, I would have struggled. <laughs> but I think putting Richie Benno in is going to sink. Um, I think it's going to sink Estelle. Um, although now I'm looking at Bayram's. God, yeah. <laughs> if he had a strong number five, um, he yeah, could, and there's like he, Mark Nicholas probably wins it for him. Like, look at yeah. this, right? Mark Nicholas would have won for me. Nasser Hussein, Mike Holding, Mike Atherton, Bumble, and Ramiz Raja. That's a stronger <laughs> list than I felt like it was going to be. Um, but yeah, put, put comments in. Tell us what you feel. We apologize for this, but remember that commentary. I think commentary is almost the most subjective part of cricket mm-hmm. because how a person's voice sounds. I, I you know, I've. I, I won't go into the names, but there were two commentators a while back, and and my my uncle was saying to me, "Why is this commentator getting all this work, and this other commentator doesn't?" And I said, "Because one commentator has a good voice, and one commentator has a bad voice." And they were like, "What? How, how does that work?" And I said, "That's sometimes that's how you get work, right? Like the you know the the ability to sound soothing um uh, is more important than the." Uh, information that you can impart it's a very subjective thing mm-hmm. then we have a lot of people who are commentating purely because mm-hmm. they used to be famous players um mm-hmm. you know and uh you know so there's that issue a lot of people don't take it seriously i would say looking at this the majority of the people we have picked take it very very seriously and that's i think that's a good sign for us as judges and it may be the only thing that stops us getting completely roasted yeah i mean if we had to do an honorable mentions list, I would definitely have Mark Nicholas, David Gower. Those two would make that list. And then Ian Smith, he mm. has to make the honorary list at least. Yeah, I think our, I think I reckon our last pick for all three of us is maybe slightly personal. 
and you could probably fit in, you know, Bill Laurie, Ian Smith, Mark Nicholas, yeah. those sorts of guys that we talked about before. Uh, you know, and, and maybe even, you know, some other, uh, uh, Mike Hazeman, Pommy and yeah. Bangla, those sorts of people as Hazeman's well. Hazeman's there. I like Gilly as well. Yeah, I don't know the Gilly. Yeah. Um, Damien Fleming, I think, is a really good commentator um, as well. So, you know, I, I have issues with commentary and I have issues with the way that commentators are picked. But I do think there are, I think this shows yeah. that there's a lot of good commentators out there and that we didn't get any of them in our top 15 and everyone's going to yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Uruj Mumtaz as well. I think she's doing a really good job carrying that mantle of Rambo forward in a better way. The, the new Rambo, as she's often <laughs> called. Yeah, anyway, I think that wraps episode three up. It was a longer one than usual, but we had a lot of fun recording it. I hope you guys had a lot of fun viewing it or listening to it. And uh, yeah, if you like this content, like, share and subscribe to this channel and Jared's other channel. We'll be back next week with another episode of Quick Picks. For now, that's it. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are also many other extras as well, including a Discord channel where you can chat to me directly. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. We are an independent podcast, so support us any way you can. Maybe give us a review, subscribe, or share on social media. All of these things help us. And when it comes to podcasts, word of mouth is always the best way of making it grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Baron Kazi and Estelle Vassadavan. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston, and each episode is produced by Ishit Kaburka at Sound Potion Studio. Mukunda Bandredi, or Muku as most people will know, is the head of our YouTube channels, and he also helps out with so many other things like the podcast recording. And there's so many other people we could thank here, but I just want to thank all the listeners and all the people who help behind the scenes that make this podcast work. Yeah.